This is Cinematic Suffering, where we watch every horror movie streaming on Netflix, from A to Z, for better or worse. Life is pain, and so are bad horror movies. Boom. Bang. Boom. And a bang. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Cinematic Suffering. I am Jason, and my co-host is the delightful, ever-loving and thoughtful clay that's me uh, I, I am all those things those are the adverbs that people uh adjectives actually that <laughs> describe me best yes and uh we are here in episode eight i believe right that's it uh, episode eight episode the first eight. in the lettered category yes we are finally in the letter categories we're out of the numbers no more goofy ass titles like six minus five equals two uh 1920 1920 London, the things that are just weird and have Six numbers. Six souls. Six souls. I, I, I have this weird infatuation, not infatuation, but I, I hate numbers. I hate math. <laughs> and uh, that last six minus five equals two just totally fucked me over. So I'm glad we are finally in some solid alphabetical letters. That's right. We're finally entering into the relevant part of our premise. And the premise is we're reviewing the Netflix horror catalog A through Z. A through Z, every single one, no re no regerts, um, no re no regerts, <laughs> no rejerks, no um, uh, yeah, whatever other 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 uh, words we can make up there. <laughs> so uh, th this week's movie was an interesting one. Uh, you want to give a little brief introduction on it? Yeah, this this one is called A Dark Song, and it's um, it was directed by Liam Gavin. It was also written by Mr. Gavin. It was released in 2016 and stars Steve Oram, Catherine Walker, uh, Susan Lawnane, and Mark Huberman. Yeah, and this was a wow. I I don't I don't I wasn't dreading this one actually because you you said you'd already seen it so and you said it was pretty good. So I was I was taking your word for it. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna take Clay's word for it, and we're gonna I'm gonna dive into this movie and watch it. And I think I was halfway through before I said to myself, this is a movie I wouldn't mind watching again. I'm glad I got a chance to watch it again, actually. So, um, yeah, I, I feel like I should state right off the bat, like uh, we say this every time, but this is a spoiler-filled podcast, and especially with this film, uh, y'all should watch it first. It was it was worth seeing, and you should kind of have it be not spoiled for you. Yeah, yeah, because this is, I, I was intrigued, I was captivated. And I was, I, I, there was parts of me that just did not want to take notes anymore. I just wanted to yeah. sit and watch and enjoy the movie, even though I enjoyed the other, well, some of the movies that we've enjoyed, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this is one of those ones I really wanted to delve more into it. And that, that's why I probably watch it again. Yeah, it was good. It, it was good. I'm, I was, uh, hands down. Well, we'll get into it. I don't want to, uh, ruin it too soon into the podcast, but yeah, it was good. It was yeah. Good. So let's jump right on into it. Uh, we, we, we start off with, a black and white screen or just a black screen and then we see a bible verse come up from psalm 91 it's a dark uh, scary chapter of the bible amongst a lot of dark scary chapters there's a lot of talk of pestilence and destruction pestilence and destruction and this uh, whole angels and demons thing but uh, let's see we are in a countryside there's like a beautiful shot of this countryside wherever they're at and we see this woman, she's looking for a specific house to either rent or buy. I couldn't figure that out at the beginning, but she wants, and then she wants a house that's specifically facing west. And uh, then she, the realtor she's talking with, she pays the realtor in cash, you know, for his privacy. And uh, we, we learn that she eventually 
is meeting up with a man that she's going to pick up at the train station, and we don't know who this man is. We're not really sure what's going on, only that uh, something dark is being planned. I, yeah, it's a it's a pretty scary house. It's got um, the house itself has Amityville overtones to it. It's this really old. I don't know what you call it a ranch style house. A lot of open ground around it. It's a it's a country house. And um, her our main character is Sophia, and that's that's the lady that's buying the house. And like you said, she's hurriedly buying it. She's kind of buying off the realtor here. <laughs> yeah. Keep your suck hole shut about it. You don't need to talk about this house. So she gives him money, and then she meets with the other main character, Joseph Solomon, who's got the most you know spooky horror movie name you could come up with. I'm surprised his middle name isn't Vladimir. Or something. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was. I I didn't even know who the characters' names did be. I must have missed it in their introductions or something, but I didn't. I was referring to them as pretty much her, she, and him. And then I was like, well, let me change his name to Warlock. So, because he's kind of <laughs> like this. And then eventually I had to look it up on IMDb going, oh, they did have character names. So I guess it's somewhere in the movie they had introduced themselves as Joseph and Sophia. But luckily in this movie, that's pretty much the only two characters we have to deal with. Pretty much. There's a couple of ancillary characters, but very few. And in fact, the one that I can think of offhand, I don't know that we even really needed her to be in it. But yeah, well, she hadn't come up yet. But anyway, we'll get we'll get to her. So uh, Sophia, you get the idea that this is kind of a interview that she's doing with the other lead actor, this this uh, middle aged, balding English man with a beard. He looks uh, like he's played a game or two of the Dungeons and Dragons in his lifetime. Yeah, this is a guy who probably takes Dungeons and Dragons to the extremes. Where he, <laughs> he rolled, can tell you all the dark esoteric roots of the game, <laughs> right? And he, he's the he's the kind of guy that would you know in the game that says, "Oh, you guys perform a ritual and you summon a demon." And he's the guy that actually sits down and writes out the ritual and has his players perform the acts. And you know, you have to be really big. <laughs> yeah, like you're really put on the spot with him as the DM or dungeon master for the uninitiated. Yeah, he he takes it seriously. Looks kind of like a juggle in my mind <laughs> okay I, I did i didn't get that impression but I, now that you say that i can i can see it <laughs> he's one of the dudes that can get clean cut enough to make it to work and, yeah. and oh you know what nice. i i, sh I pro it probably should have dawned on me because he was where he was wearing the clown makeup and <laughs> he was yeah. he, he looked exactly like violent J. <laughs> and no he didn't anyway moving <laughs> on <laughs> So he asks uh, about, so yeah, it is kind of like a, an interview process that's going on. She mentions that she's talked to other people about what she is specifically looking for. And uh, he <laughs> You're asks, not the only magic man that I've interviewed. Right, exactly. And, he, you know, he, this Joseph guy kind of scoffs. He's like, huh, uh, I guess you asked Martin that same question, huh? Or, he knows all the 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 magician uh, community is a real tight knit bunch. They all know one another. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're all hanging out at the Magic Castle in Los Angeles. <laughs> well, there's definitely some magic afoot, or some the, the need of some magic. She's Sophia is hiring Joseph to perform some kind of ritual. We we get that sense, and uh, sex comes up automatically. He pretty much 
Yeah. <laughs> part of his part of his deposit involves some ritualistic sex. He says it's necessary. I wrote it down and then I read it. It's in this book <laughs> like, that I've been drawing and writing. I study up a I study up a lot on sex. I watch a lot of porn <laughs> and it's very ritualistic how I go through my masturbation techniques and I figure I might as well incorporate it into my ritual. <laughs> Sounds legit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Something tell me how homeboy likes the Scooby Doo parody uh, kind of category. <laughs> well, yeah. So he he asked her a lot of questions about if she stick to her, a strict regime, you know, as far as fasting and not having sex herself, and asked if she's a Catholic or a Protestant. And then he comes to the the question I think that that's on everyone's mind is like, what does she want? Uh, from this ritual and she yeah. she comes out and just you know this whole time he's saying you have to be honest with me you have to be honest because it will be a purify the ritual you have to be purified before going into this so so what's the first thing she does but you know lie to him <laughs> it lies to his face she tells him that uh I, i'm doing this for love there's a man that doesn't love me anymore and i want to you know do this love spell and joseph they're at the house there's a lot of driving back and forth Joseph wanted to see the house that he's to do the ritual in. And that's when Sophia tells him, I'm doing this for love. And then he says, I'm not feeling it. Drive me back to London and give me my money that you promised me. And there's a little bit of hemming and hawing. And then on the way back to London, she admits that, okay, I'm doing this because I want to speak to my dead child again. That's the actual reason. And so very early on, we've established lying equals bad. So we're one lie in already. Yeah, and it's just like, uh, well, you're doing this dark ritual. Why are you lying to him? Of course, uh, if I was the the necromancer or the warlock and some girl, and I, I is paying me all this money and we're getting specific a specific regime and she says, oh, I want this guy to love me. Or because I love him, but he doesn't love me. I'd be like, oh, give me. I would say the same thing that he did. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I would too. Like pathetic, totally pathetic. Anyone that I've known that's been in that situation, and I've seen it run both ways. You just you you feel that immediate kind of allergic contempt for them. <laughs> like, oh, grow a fucking spine. Exactly. No wonder he doesn't love you. You suck. <laughs> and that's pretty much what Joseph says. He says, well, just just get over it. Get on the internet and find you someone else. And yeah. I I mean, she's a she's an attractive woman. There's it's it's just pathetic, you know, in his mind. I'm, that's uh, that's Joseph's stance. I, I wasn't nearly as judgmental. But uh, <laughs> uh, when she tells him that, OK, the real reason that I'm doing this is because I want to speak to my dead son, that compels him to say yes. So, you know, you get the sense right away of who's manipulating who. Yeah, there's a it, it goes back and forth in the manipulation here, and that's what I really I enjoyed the relationship between the two because it wasn't an exactly kind friendship, but it, I think as it goes on, we start getting a they start getting a more respect for each other. There's stuff that happens that's shady as shit that you know <laughs> immediately puts you off as the liking uh, one of them. I'm not going to say who just yet, but. Uh, <laughs> It bounces back and forth. Did just uh, out of curiosity, did your wife watch this with you? No, she didn't. She wasn't here. Oh, I, it was interesting to to watch this with Carrie because she had a kind of a, a a contrasting viewpoint of which character was annoying. So it was, I'm glad I got to watch this with a woman and kind of get an opposing opinion about it while I was watching it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I should. Well, I, I said I do want to watch it again, so maybe I'll I can coerce yeah. and watch it. Yeah. 
But anywho, uh, Joseph uh, explains, they, they're back at the house at this point, and he's explaining Gnosticism and Kabbalah and all these other, you know, esoteric things. He's, he's going on this long harangue about, it's it's almost like he's still trying to sell her yeah. on his capability as a wizard. I think the Necronomicon and Dianetics comes up <laughs> in, in his harangue at some point. He uh, goes into depth on what, is going to happen where you know what she needs to do and she you know goes through some several steps of the ritual and it's like at this point she's so dead set on it i don't think you have to keep telling her that hey this is some dangerous shit we're gonna do and we need to be careful i think she's already aware of that so uh, well she should be but <laughs> the lying thing he he hammered that home right away that should have been his first red flag that maybe she might be a troublesome client anyone in the graphic design business has gone through a similar process with <laughs> clients that they've worked with it's like you got to trust your instincts this might be terrible but. And we learned that the that Joseph, our warlock, is uh, going through DTs because apparently he's an alcoholic as well, and he needs his booze. And he brought happened to bring a little bottle of whiskey with him. Um, yeah, yeah, he brought some along to take a sniff when he when the DTs start to get too bad. He admits that he drinks alcohol, and it's related to these rituals that he does. And that's something that I liked about the movie right away was that uh the, the the magic seemed to be handled with this kind of i don't know it it, it it felt real in a weird way none of it felt cast away or or silly it, it sounded like somebody really put effort into learning the gnostic backgrounds of what they were talking about so it sounded legit right and this wasn't the the typical horror movie like the gate or something like that where the kids just perform a, a a simple ritual that happens in a few minutes that t doesn't take a lot of setup. This is a very intricate process that takes months and that he says is going to take months. It's going to take time. He says you, you have to, we have to stock up on food because once we set the barrier outside, which is like the salt barrier that surrounds the house, he goes, once we set that barrier, we cannot cross it. We cannot leave the house. So we need to be fully purified going into this situation. Yeah, fasting, cleansing, a real rigorous diet. Um, he draws these intricate glyphs on the floor. And like you said, he tells her to go out and get stock up on groceries because they're going to be stuck inside the house for several months. So while Sophia is grocery shopping, she sees there's this, this neat scene where she sees this lady with a hoodie on uh, kidnapping a child. And it's obviously it's her dead child and you i was vague with if this was a flashback if this was the present or something remembered i thought it was a really uh neat scene yeah i thought i, I wasn't too sure what was happening i thought it was maybe a vision she was having of or maybe she was just going to discover just some kid crying and uh, <laughs> a mom just you know hanging out and trying to console her kid but yeah it's kind of vague and you kind of see the child but you don't see the faces of either it, because it's all kind of uh, this blurry aesthetic that the filmmaker chose. It was, it was pretty interesting. Yeah, it was. It, 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 it um, you know, I, like I, I didn't, like I said, I didn't know if it was now or then. And then she's interrupted by this lady that turns out to be her younger sister. And I don't know if her sister was stalking her yeah. and happened upon, or just happened upon her at the grocery store. It seems like a weird coincidence that you would just bump into one another like that. Cause her sister seems frantic. Like she's been trying to get a hold of her. 
yeah, I thought that was odd that her sister kind of ambushes her out in the middle of the parking lot. And then, you know, uh, I didn't know who it was at first. I thought it was a friend. And then, of course, it is established when they they go to sit down in this little cafe. And uh, the sister is begging her not to go through with this madness. Yeah, like you need to not dick around with this black magic is the gist of what she's saying. Just this is weird. I guess um, she said she was Protestant, right? That their family was Protestant. Uh, Something. No, Catholic. She said she was Catholic. Catholic, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But the sister tells her not to do this unholy ritual. But uh, Sophia, we find out that Sophia was in a mental home uh, because of her child being killed or something. And I I don't know if that really comes into play later, but maybe it just kind of gives a more bigger frame of mind to where she is at at the moment well it's uh it's it's the day before they're locked into this this ritual so she happened upon her on this in this pivotal moment where you can turn back so they the film does a pretty good job of of establishing that they're the stakes are high that this isn't uh you know just <laughs> some some silly ritual or some silly uh just um whatever like a grift or a, a con game yeah yeah and uh that even if it was a con game, what an elaborate con game. And, the, and honestly, that's like kind of what I was expecting as it was going along. I was like, what if this whole thing was just a big con that this guy had? And you know, yeah, like it turns into a t- very different movie midway because it's now about her going psycho on the guy. I wonder if they kind of if they played with that or if there was some intentional subterfuge with the audience to get us thinking in that direction. Yeah, yeah, there might have been because there's a lot of subtle little things in this movie that I, I really like that kind of turned your your worldview a little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, at home, Joseph is preparing. I say at home, he's at the house and he's preparing for the ritual. Um, he asks her again about something. He, but he says that half truths. Oh, he asks her if he she can speak German, and she says. Uh, Sprechen Sie Deutsch, or I guess I can speak German, but he says he cu- accidentally cuts himself or something, and he's like, "Why are you lying? This happened because you just lied." Him cutting himself, and she's like, "I don't. I'm not lying. I can speak German." He, he goes, "What are you not telling me?" She goes, "Well, I can't. I can't carry on a full conversation, but she can understand it." And yeah, it's like lying is. <laughs> It's just intrinsic to her, and he gets to quit fucking doing that. That things are going to go bad if you keep lying. Yeah, he, second he has, warning. He has to tell her that half truths are considered lies. So. <laughs> like a, I'm dealing with a child here. Tie your shoes. <laughs> and so uh, we we flash to a scene where she's just walking out in the countryside, and she's a, she's a dead dog with maggots all over it. And ha- oh my god, it was this terrible omen. She finds a, a dog's mummified corpse. He Joseph tells her. Go Go for a walk because we're going to be locked inside the house for months once we do this. So this is going to be your last chance for a while to get outside. And the first thing she sees is this terrible dead omen puppy that's got a <laughs> it's got a collar. So it was clearly the and the collar is turned upwards so that we can't miss it. That this was yeah. somebody's pet that's just out here good and dead now. And and she just she looks at it with this cold kind of realization that seems to say uh yeah i realize that this is a bad omen and i'm gonna do it anyway <laughs> yeah so we see this is uh, a bad omen and then uh, we flash back to now joseph and sophia joseph's pouring salt around the house and that's well that's that's that where she let out no wait a minute what am i thinking of no, that's right. Yeah, we the, the next scene shows him pouring that barrier of kosher salt around the house. Yeah. 
I know it's kosher salt because I've lived with uh, goofy asses that believe that that matters. <laughs> so he tells her, like, this is the last thing. He he, does, he has a little opening the salt, and he says, you, you're free to leave, come and go, but once this barrier is sealed, so she's like, oh, just close it up, you silly ghost. She said, do that shit, and then she <laughs> waved at him, and then he closed it. So we're in. We're in it now. We're in it. She can't leave, and this is where the dynamic between the relationship really turns. Because she's asleep, she wakes up, or she doesn't wake up, but he comes in with a bucket of water and just douses her in it. Yeah, day one of your of your Jedi training is the ice bucket <laughs> challenge first thing in the morning. And he's just yelling at her. I can't even remember. I think she was supposed to be up earlier, and she's sleeping in, or he said sleep in a different spot, and she disobeyed him. She's a terrible adept right she's off She's so horrible. She lies. She's not really doing what she needs to do to purify herself. Uh, I, I just a side note. I I did notice he was wearing uh this black metal band called Melikesh. What are they about? It's a shirt. It's a it's a band that's from Assyrian Ar- Armenian members that originated in Jerusalem. That's where they're from, and nice. the name is a Hebrew Aramaic word, and it means like King of Fire or Fiery King. I'm not Dude, sure. That's that, mind blowing. There's nothing that's that isn't deliberate and intentional in this movie. Yeah, and I had to do a double take. I was like, is he wearing a Melikesh shirt? I think he is. Holy shit, that's pretty cool. But anyways, yeah. Oh, that's awesome, man. Yeah. And and it just it makes sense that they're it, it, it wouldn't have been the same if he was wearing Cannibal Corpse or <laughs> or um Demi Borgia or something that, you know, like a, somebody even with even a passing knowledge of uh, of metal would be like just shrug. It's it actually meant something. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's neat. So he he yells and chi- yells at her and chides her, and then we see that she sleeps and has these weird visions, I guess, of her child being led away by that by that person in the the cloak who is like an old woman or something it, it was a, it seemed to be I, you couldn't tell if it was an old woman or it must have been because we, we get confirmation of that later i thought it was a teenager it was just somebody in a hoodie yeah. it, it had a, a very kind of <laughs> dark uh little orphan or not little orphan what am i trying to say little, little red riding hood kind of thing like it had yeah. this 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 quality so she's obviously haunted by this and um so <laughs> we still don't know if she's covering up something it seems to be her mo so far but uh joseph tells her eat this mushroom and i'm thinking oh cool trip <laughs> beforehand and she says is it gonna be awful and he's like yep and so she continues, she starts to puke violently, and it's, I guess this is part of the uh, purifying ritual. Yeah, so he's still walking her through these different ritual uh, movements, and yeah, eating that, and her puking, and her continuing to train. It is kind of like a, uh, it is like a training, Jedi training, or, you know. A, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, a pupil learning kind of montage, but you know, in in a lesser in the hands of a lesser director, it would feel like padding, or it would seem boring and silly. But like like we said, nothing feels uh, like that. Nothing feels you know tawdry in this. They, no. they it, it seems like all this is real important, and he keeps telling her because I wonder if he's like this with his other clients, or if <laughs> if she's just kind of a troubling case. I wonder if he's attracted to her, so he's he's getting into it when he shouldn't be. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's had a couple of warning shots fired about her as a customer. <laughs> yeah, and I, you bring up a good point where every movement, every scene ha- is deliberate and feels like it needs to be there. 
yeah. as far it's, as the ritual goes and the how they're prepped for it and how they you know explain it, it that's why it was just pulling me in because I'm not into you know magic or you know all that stuff, but it was really fascinating to watch because it seemed like the director or the writer, both I guess, put a lot of time into research. The uh, the writer was also the director, so this is kind of his his baby. I don't know what else he's done, but he did a real good job on this one. So uh, the next part of <laughs> of the of the ritual process is everybody's favorite is bloodletting. Uh, Joseph cuts his arm, pours it in, pours the blood into a glass, and gives it to Sophia, and he's like, "Drink up, <laughs> bottoms oh, up," because she tells him. Uh, she tells him another lie, or she said that she was lying about her her kid before. Because during the, during this moment, that she's still going through different rituals. Like he's prepping her, like, "Oh, you got to sit in a circle for two days with no food or water, and then we'll do that for more rooms uh, later on." And you're going to be hurting and uh, tested psychologically and physically. And we see all this stuff as that's happening, and she's getting drenched in freezing water in a uh, kind of a triangle ritual circle, but um. She yeah, he, 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 they put he puts her through the ringer. <laughs> oh, he uh he asks her if uh, oh one part of the ritual is that she must forgive anybody that you know was you know in her life. She has to forgive, and she's like, I can't do it. I'm not going to forgive. I'm unable to forgive, and that kind of puts a stimmy in Joseph's plan because that's part of the ritual. And to and he, she's like, is that going to be a problem? He's like, well, it's going to be a problem, but we can get around it. And that getting around it is that she has to drink his blood. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's, so he offers it to her, and she's, uh, you know, I, I I had to take her side on this one. Like, dude, you know, hepatitis and, and HIV is forever. Yeah. <laughs> drink it! Drink <laughs> it! Drink it! And he just starts yelling at her in, that, in, his, in his very authoritarian English accent. Yeah, this is the most uh, unattractive... Vampire in the world. <laughs> drink that blood. Drink it, drink it, drink it. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing sexy about it. Yeah. <laughs> so she does. She chokes it down, and she acts like she's gonna puke it up. And he barks at her some more. Don't puke it up. Keep it down. And I was thinking, I was like, this kid better be worth all this dumb trouble in my head at this point because I was like, this is a lot of trouble to go through just to talk to your dead kid again. <laughs> You go through all this trouble, and the first thing he's like is, "I want a toy. Take me to Kmart." <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just going to place in the past. I guess I'm just going to run out and just mess up that salt circle. Around there. <laughs> <laughs> Come what may, I don't care if demons are attacking me. I can't hang out with this kid. I forgot that I was kind of glad he's dead. No, <laughs> so, uh, so, but she she wakes up or she's in her room. She asks uh, Joseph if, if he's been through her stuff. And he's like, no, I didn't take your shit. Whatever you think happened. He's like, oh, okay. So I guess this little trinket that, she, that reminded her of her son is missing, which is like this little goblin figure. Yeah, it's, it's, it must have been his favorite toy. It looks like a shitty uh, Dungeons & Dragons uh, figure from, like, the, an action figure. Yeah, so it's disappeared. She can't find it. Uh, but then... Uh, well, shit, more shit happens. Uh, yeah, like a bird just smacks itself. It just kills itself against the window when they're talking and leaves a bloody smear on the window. And she, 
uh, Joseph says, okay, it has begun. And she's like, it's just a bird. It's, it's weird that she would be skeptical of him. You're paying him to perform magic and you're going <laughs> to, you're going to be, you're going to shit talk him when it starts to work. And he's like, no, nope, this is, this is it. It's kicking off. It's, uh, it's, it's starting to, to kick in the old magic. And, and then we see more scenes of the rituals becoming more elaborate. The, well, not the rituals themselves, the symbols and sigils on the, on the floor become more elaborate and filled in and they look really beautiful yeah they do it's uh it it looks like they put a lot of work into the to the set design the books that they're reading look all beautiful and hand-drawn too they remind me of the the hand-drawn art in like the evil dead films when they're opening the necronomicon it's got the creepy illustrations we see more of it as the movie progresses but yeah the the set design the uh the the props and everything really kind of place you in that world um there's a uh there's after let's see what happens after the blood drinking um they have their ears to the floor and then something bangs up from below them like the spirit bangs on the floor and then joseph takes a piece of chalk out and marks uh, makes an x on the floor and he says we got to proceed very carefully from here on out yeah the it's not just an X. he puts a sigil on there he writes out it's like this little just looks like a, a symbol that he kind of draws in the middle of the circle there. Yeah, look, it looks like it might be Arabic letters around the, these uh, these sigils that he's drawn. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's definitely like, yeah, we need to watch, we need to be tighter in our rituals. And um, speaking of tighter, this is tighter. This is where we come into the ritual sex part. <laughs> oh yes, oh yeah, and he he said, well, I told you about it. She's laying down half naked in her underwear, and he's painting sigils on her back, and he's saying, "I I told you we had to do this," and she's like, "Yeah, I know, I know." And Joseph's like, "All right, go put on a t-shirt and uh, put some makeup on," and she looks at him for a second. And he's like, "I'm just a man. I'm just a man." <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I I I got that part, but the whole time I'm thinking, is this for real? <laughs> Because <laughs> I, I, if she was like that, I'd be like, "Why does he want me to put on makeup?" This Shouldn't there be a ceremonial robe or something? <laughs> I'd rather shave my head than than do. Yeah, it just she seems <laughs> justifiably skeptical of his uh, motives here. So we get the the ritualistic sex scene, which is about one of the more uncomfortable things I've seen in a minute. Even more so in the light of recent events, like in in the whole Me Too movement, yeah. it had a real me too vibe to it yeah so she there's not much sex to it she get, comes in he tells her to slowly take off her top to put her hands in her in her in her knickers and then <laughs> uh he reaches in his pants and starts jerking himself off and you know tells her to take off her panties then get on the floor and bend over and so he can see everything and he just kind of jerks off and he's done <laughs> He just nuts all over himself and she's pissed off. She's super livid. And I've seen this movie twice and I was thinking like, isn't that better? But why are you so mad? And I I thought about it. I'm thinking I I can't help but think, okay, I mentally prepared myself to actually have sex with you in a way. This is worse. This is more off putting. It's more off putting just because it it is a total manipulation on Joseph's part. He just wanted to, to jerk off and and have his own sexual pleasure and he incorporated and he manipulated her into thinking it was going to be part of this elaborate ritual but it had nothing to do with it and that's where i was like okay this guy needs to just 
fuck off and die or something because that maybe, was low. Maybe, I mean, it was low, but maybe he had uh, kind of an attack of conscience right as he was about to carry through with it. So he just kind of still gross. I'm not justifying what he did in any way, but I wonder if he almost was like, oh, I feel bad about actually having sex with her. <laughs> She's already got hepatitis from drinking my blood. <laughs> I, guess I guess I'll just finish and let her get on out of here. But yeah, she was hella mad about that. Yeah, and so she it shows her being mad in a few scenes, but then we get a kind of another montage of them doing their same rituals of doing some body shaving. She's drinking a little bit more blood. She's taking those freezing <laughs> ritual showers as the ritual progresses. Um, I want to go on record that she deserves some ritualistic apologies and maybe a ritualistic shoulder rub. All that at that point, I wouldn't want him touching me with his gooey fingers. Uh, yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm just like, oh, God, this it just really put me off to his character, but maybe that's what was, you know, supposed to happen. I mean, he, it wasn't like he was entirely endearing in the first place. But. No, but he, he sure doesn't do a great job selling himself. But yeah, it was it was an odd interaction. But um, uh, uh, she she finds flowers in the hallway not long after this. And he and, and he says, this is it. This is, I told you it's starting. She asked if, if is, is it possible these blew in from outside? And he said, no, this is this is the magic working. Yeah, this is the magic working. But it, we see some time pass and she gets pissed at him. And she says that the ritual is not working. And he's like, well, maybe it's not working because you're still not being truthful. And so she's keeps denying that she's lying. She's like, I'm not lying. He's like, you're lying. She's like, no, I'm not lying. And he's like, and he fucking gets up and grabs her. (laughs) He gets up and grabs her and throws her on the table and says, stop fucking lying to me. So so now she finally tells him the truth that she's not looking to talk to her dead child. She's looking for vengeance against her child's killer. Very different. Yeah. And he's I think he calls her the C word about 17 times. He's just livid because as he established, there's no turning back. So we are, we're talking to deities. We're talking to demons and angels. He says that quite literally, this is what we're doing. You can't, you can't like just hang up on them. The call right. has been made. Well, yeah. And this was, an, uh, I thought this was a, another very interesting point in the movie because when she says that she was looking for vengeance against her child's killer, she had this notion or this thought that, um, he wouldn't want to do it because of that, but he does not care what her motives are. He just wants her to be pure. And that pureness means she needs to be honest about everything. He doesn't care if she wants to start a black plague you know, <laughs> yeah. on the world. You know, he just wants her to be truthful and purified. So the ritual will work, you know, well, at this point, I think that that's what he wanted. I think that that's why he was he was so uh, insistent on knowing her intention beforehand, because he wasn't interested in love. I don't care about you getting this guy to love you, but I can get behind you talking to your dead son. And now it's it's something totally different. Yeah, I'd, I'd be pissed off. Too, oh, yeah. But, you know, there's there's <laughs> you can totally empathize with her motives, but you can understand why he's so pissed off about this too it's like i told you this is about the fourth time lying comes (laughs) and the the repercussions of it so the repercussions of this specific lie is that he gets drunk in his bedroom on the whiskey and he wakes and he wakes her up and takes her into the bathroom he's already he's filled up this tub full of cold water and he starts dumping water on head on her head because he's trying to purify her again i guess 
in a way, just kind of like when she was ingesting the blood, that was another kind of purification ritual. So we see him pouring this cold water and then he kind of dips. He said, he's, I'm going to have to dip you in the water like three times, like a baptism. Yeah. And, and then on the third time he dips her in the water, he just basically drowns her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, he holds her under until the bubbles stop coming up, and then he drags her out of the tub and gives her mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation, and she spits up, she gurgles a bunch of water, and she's back, and he's he tells her at that point, uh, you're, you've been reborn, the ritual has been reset, your intention is pure, I had to do that to get the ritual back on track. Yeah, she had to go and touch the beyond, I think that's what he, he said, like, get, get there right on the edge of being completely dead and then pulling back and he's like and she's like i didn't see anything when she when she was dead and he kind of he kind of brushes empty. that off you know he, he's like oh well whatever you're, you're good now anyways <laughs> i don't believe you even though one of us has been nearly dead and one of us hasn't he did tell her not to lie to him i mean i'm not saying it was okay to to drown her but He's, he is the professional. Well, you know, now I know what I'm going to do to my wife if she ever lies to me. I, it, I would I'd, just got dark. I'd, I'd, get her, uh, <laughs> I'd get her feedback on that. I'm just going to cut this part out of the thing. <laughs> <laughs> you said you washed the fucking dishes, but there's still a dirty dish. Get in the bathtub. Guess who needs to be purified? <laughs> get in the okay. bathtub. Okay, so uh, angry, angry emails. You say, um, okay, so uh, okay, so yeah, she gets, uh, she's obviously pissed. They're talking in the in the the kitchen, and she violently assaults him and pushes him against the counter. But we see like a flash of this knife that's just sitting there, and somehow uh, this yeah. knife pierces <laughs> his been side, cutting halibut with, and he's <laughs> just left out chunks of of dead of rotting chicken on the blade. <laughs> there weren't, but it just. It's a black blade, so it looks like it might be hiding all kinds of flora and fauna. Yeah. And during their struggle, it goes right into his meaty man flank, <laughs> right onto the side. Yeah, and just kind of makes. Yeah, just kind of makes its way into there. No, she doesn't really stab him. She doesn't stab him. She doesn't have a knife. He just kind of falls against the blade, and it pierces him pretty, pretty soft. I mean, pretty easily. <laughs> It's got to be through a kidney. It's right in that spot. And he says that, oh, this is what I get. Uh, he he yeah. just kind of always takes it in stride. Yeah, this is what happens. <laughs> this is I, a sign. Yeah, yeah, I had to. I had Louis CK'd you, and now this is, this is the repercussion. <laughs> okay, so we, it, she kind of douses it with whiskey and... <laughs> But patches them, not really patches them. Does she sew up the wound or she just puts a Band-Aid on it pretty much? I think she just slaps a, a, an ouchy Band-Aid on it after pulling it out. And uh, like you said, put some bottom shelf bourbon all over it. <laughs> that'll, that'll, that'll work. Uh, it's better than nothing, I guess. So I guess, yeah. You gotta work with what you have. <laughs> uh, so we, you know, the next day we, we kind of see she's hearing weird things. A do door vibrates in a hallway. We see a dark figure in a room behind her move. Uh, she walked to some room that looks like it has a monster energy drink, energy drink symbol on the wall. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's like a bloody three-clawed scratch on the wall. Yeah. And so later they hang out and talk about vengeance and damnation. And, and uh, he says she's just like him, if not worse. And she, of course, denies it and says, that's not true at all. We are nothing alike. Um, <laughs> but it turns out they pretty much are. Um, <laughs> They're peas in a pod, those two. Yeah. Yeah, so it doesn't take long before Joseph's knife wound starts to look red and angry, and the power goes out. 
Um, and uh, she finds Joseph standing by the sink, and he's looking really pale and really sweaty. <laughs> so he's unwell, that man. Yeah, she's uh, or yeah, she finds him by the sink, and he's looking very weak, and he, he's becoming unclear in his thoughts and his mind because there's a scene where she asks him about part of the ritual, and he kind of just does a guess. He says, oh, I can't really think, but I think this is it. And uh, but <laughs> I'm like, oh, God. Well, we, we, he, he looks at his wound again, and now it's oozing pus from like yeah. infection or sepsis, whatever is happening in there. But <laughs> They use the sushi knife on that wound. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it clearly punctured him. I'm like, how? She didn't. I mean, she pushed him, but not that hard. And even she pushed him hard. I don't know. It, it, yeah, like the the knife would have had to have been stuck point out and yeah. bare into the drywall to get stabbed that good with it. So it's night and she hears her son's voice and she walks down a dark hallway with a candle. It's very gothic at this point and I I just love the the scene and the the other scenes that come up as they become more goth gothic inspired and uh we see her her and her son have this conversation through the door. And but she wants Which was really creepy. Her son's disembodied voice is beyond the door, and he's he's yelling at her, "Let me in, mommy! Let me in! Let me in!" Oh yeah, she. Uh, but she has this conversation, and the, she's and the the son. The son's voice is really low, and I had to really kind of crank up the sound to hear what he was saying. Um, but it, he said, "There's like a dog in here with him, and it's going to attack me, and you have to open up the door and let him in." And she won't because she knows it's not really her son she's pretty savvy about that that's what i liked about it and the dog i like that too because it was almost like the demon whatever it was beyond that door was using the memory of the dead dog omen to kind of like he was they were able to maybe pull that out of her mind i maybe you know jump into conclusions but i don't think so i think that they thought that through it was it was creepy like that demon yeah. was doing everything it could to urge her to let it in like i guess it needed it needed uh an invitation or something yeah that's uh it, it kind of harkened back to exorcism kind of movies where you know it's obviously not the real person talking through the individual but they're faking and trying to trick people and uh, yeah it was it was pretty effective i thought it was a very creepy and especially when the door starts getting hammered on but it doesn't sound like child fist it sounds like a grown man is behind the door banging on it and it's you know it's pretty intense yeah. oh it was it was it was creepy and uh, uh, Joseph says that this is the price of our rage. Yeah, what does he mean by that? <laughs> I don't know what his rage has to do with it. I guess that uh, he he must have meant something. He was getting pretty lightheaded at this point. Yes, sure. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah because uh, Joseph witnesses the entire thing. He's out in the hallway, and they kind of she sits next to him, and they kind of do this small little bonding thing where you think, oh, they're. They're getting closer, but no, I don't know. No, it, it, it does. It lasts until morning when Joseph's good and stiff and dead in the morning. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. So that does happen before she goes and witnesses, you know, talks to Joseph again. She's in a room and she's writing more figures for the ritual. And uh, she looks up and sees this outline of this dark figure sitting in a chair smoking um, right across from her. But it's so almost imperceptible and you hear this voice that says come closer come closer love and that's what i can oh. make out and so she gets up with the candle and approaches this dark figure you can't see anything all you see is the red uh 
burn of the cigarette and it's this is an incredibly incredibly creepy scene i thought oh this is really cool and uh, when she gets closer it's just a a bundle of clothes but there's still a lit cigarette on the ashtray um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's, uh, you know, there's so many good moments like that in this movie that I forgot that one. Actually, yeah, it's it, it, it's now that you mention it, it yeah, was but, good. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Uh, but right after that, yeah, she goes in and lies in bed with Joseph, and then Joseph is kind of rambling on about uh, seeing his sister again. It, it doesn't really make a lot of sense because he's it, he is in kind of this infectious fever dream now. Yeah, it it does kind of humanize him a little bit, right? At, at which it's it seems like he's not going to make it till morning. It, it it's not really a big surprise when he doesn't because he's shivering and cold, and his his pallor does not look good. He looks even more pasty than he yeah. did originally. And uh, yeah, we he he mentions that he misses his sister, which was kind of a neat line because he never brought her up before. So I guess he's in mourning as well, or maybe he had just, it was a suppressed memory that came out right at the end. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. I mean, he mentions before that, you know, the, whatever they summon, whatever angel they summon that, you know, it will grant her something, but he, he wants something as well. And all he wanted was just, to be left alone, I guess, to yeah, have says quiet. It, I just, I just want to be away from people and to be left alone and <laughs> in a nice, quiet place. So I guess he kind of got that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she, uh, now she's like, yeah. So he passes away in the night from her knife, from the knife wound. And now she's kind of on her own with the ritual and she starts panicking and looks through all these books and starts to wig out a little bit. Um, because she's not sh- really probably sure how to progress at this point. Yeah, um, she. I guess she realizes that she didn't <laughs> do her studying like she needed to. She. We see the books again that that he was written. I, I wonder if she came across the note that says "talk your way into some sex." Say it for the ritual. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be funny if she found that specific passage. <laughs> that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but she goes down and she's sitting right at the salt barrier that they made, and you can see her pondering it, like, "Ah, should I do it? Should yeah. I do it first? And she uh, she gets up and she just walks outside of the circle that he told her you can't do that. <laughs> he yeah. said, don't that circle. There she goes. Yes, yeah, so, and she gets in her car and the car doesn't start. And so she just starts walking. And we see dark clouds roll in as she walks down an empty road kind of in a daze through this beautiful countryside. It's kind of, I say beautiful, it's a barren countryside, but it's still beautiful nonetheless. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, uh, the countryside in England, and it does. It's it's overcast and and dark, which fits the mood of the movie. So, but it's got this this somber kind of lonely uh, feeling about it. Yeah, and she walks for a long time, and then suddenly she winds up back at the house again. Now, I don't think that was her plan. Yeah, I, I, she she ends up back at the house, and she's as she's walking in, she finds this photo of her son that they established earlier in the movie, it showed her tearing the photo in half so that you could just see her son. And she finds that in a puddle of what looks like puke. Or yeah. That's, that's what I thought was puke. Yeah. It looks like vomit. And, um, uh, Joseph's body is at the foot of the stairs. So I don't know if he had, if he was able to crawl down there on his own power, or if he was taken down there. Yeah, because we see some handprints on the wall as she walks in before she discovers the the puke-covered photograph. And there's like these weird bloody handprints on the wall. So I'm not sure 
if that was his or perhaps the things we come across as she's sitting on the stairs looking at Joseph's body lied, you know, in state down at the bottom of him. And we see these creepy pair of white ghostly arms come out of the darkness and pull his body away. Yeah, the third act comes upon us pretty quick. We realize that the final circle is complete and, I, and the, the angry spirits are uh, have manifested and shown themselves and they harass Sophia mightily. Yeah, they are pissed. Uh, she did, she went against the ritual. She stepped out of the circle, you know, the out of the salt circle. And uh, yeah, so these are pissed off spirits. I didn't know whether <laughs> to call them, you know, I was calling them ghosts at first, and I was like, these are more than ghosts. They have to be some kind of demons or... They, the... they, they seem to be like some kind of pagan wood deities or something like that. They, they seemed like uh, redneck Cenobites to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she goes down a dark hallway and sees these dead-looking spirits, and but they she starts hearing cries of madness and agony around her in the house, and she runs through the hallway, and she finally gets into her own bedroom where she barricades herself in. Uh, while the noise outside kind of persists uh, of these ghostly beings, these demons just screaming and crying and pounding on walls and stuff. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. It was. It was it was it was pretty effective. For some reason, I don't the the the, the, the spirits that didn't um, I don't know. They didn't do it for me, but I don't know how it would have done it any better. You know, like yeah. it would have been cheesy if they looked all uh, campy with big old teethy grins and, and look like, you know, you're a, a kid's version of demons. It probably would have derailed the movie at the end, but it, it was still, it was. A- yeah. I was assuming that these were just like, like souls that have been suffering and now they've, They've been attracted to this ritual, and since the ritual can't be completed, uh, they've kind of a doorway has been opened for the, them to kind of roam freely in this house. Um, yeah, that's they, just my. And, they, uh, and they're angry. They 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 harass the shit out of her. Don't they? They hold her down and cut a finger off and yeah, punch her in the mouth. And, yeah, they. Uh, so she steps out the next morning, and the the sunlight's out. She doesn't hear anything. She sees hears like muffled voice of her son. Um, and then she, she gets out and starts walking around the house. She sees the goblin toy of her son lying on the floor. And then we see something approach from the darkness and it looks, it's the old woman with her son hand in hand. And then to the side, a a, a demon comes out of nowhere and just kind of smacks her in the face and she falls down and you see her being dragged down a hallway or her forehead is bleeding. Um, there are like these ghost figure figures everywhere and it feels like kind of like a purgatory hell place she sees the body of a ghost of this dog that you know we don't see the head of the dog but we kind of see the outline of the body of it not, not that it really made any difference but i thought these images are really cool um I, yeah I, uh, and i'm sure if you dug into it there'd be some kind of of actual you know mysticism there's there's probably something relevant about it like none of it None of it was, uh, again, none of it was uh, accidental. It was it was creepy. Yeah. And, and as they're dragging her down the hallway, you do, you get the idea that she's being pulled into into perdition here. Yeah, <laughs> like, not good. like she's being damned. That's why I kind of figured that, you know, since the ritual couldn't be completed or something happened, like, you know, like she walked outside the circle, went against everything that, you know, they're dragging All those tall tales. I'm telling you, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're dragging her to pretty much damnation to hell if you want to. Um, but yeah, they hold her down and we see a demon 
uh, well, I guess a demon approached and it's just like, we don't see the face, just the body dragging these bolt cutters with it. And they pull her finger up and they just cut it off. Yeah, she's screaming. Oh, it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. And uh, then she she breaks free somehow and runs through the madness of this this realm. And uh, they attempt to drag her back down as she finds these stairs. She's crawling up. She's, it's like a, a dream almost, you know, where you're crawling up stairs and things just kind of slow down. Yeah. As you get higher or you climb the stairs higher and higher. But we see the, the figures just wrap their arms around her, kind of put chains across her legs as she just slower and start pulling her slowly back into damnation. That's when we start seeing this bright white light appear from the top of the stairwell. Yeah, so she did, 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 did they just let her go at that point? Or she makes her way into that room. Yeah, well, I mean, as soon as that light kind of shines brightly, the, the figures let her go, and she starts walking up into the light. So she goes into the room, and there's this... It was surreal. There was this this giant person in there. Not a person. It's obviously some kind of god. It seemed like a, a almost a Greek god, like a Apollo or something. He's, he's wreathed in gold. Yeah, I mean, I just assumed it was a an angel. I mean, that that's kind of how some of the angels are described uh, as being. Yeah, you know, a sword it seemed seemed angelic, celestial. Yeah, and it had this huge sword. It was kneeling there in kind of this ritual room, and uh, she's clutching her bloodied hand. She's all beat the fuck up, and <laughs> he's just he starts talking, but you can't understand what he's saying. It's just like this rumble and. The, it's like the voice of this thing is too much for even this realm where she's at, and everything just rumbles, and all she can just do is stare at it and just say yeah. she's sorry. Yeah. It kind of like remember in uh, it's a silly reference, but uh, um, all dogma that Kevin Smith movie. It was kind of it, it, that's what it reminded me of. Is like hey, hearing the actual voice of this creature would just make your mind explode. So. He was just mouthing the words to her. He was. He was. I. I'd be interested to see what those lines were from somebody that that can read lips. I wonder. It'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I've always heard. I, I've read stories of how the voice of God, you know, could never be understood, or the voice of the angels have, you know, or you know, once if they're physically manifested, the human mind couldn't uh, handle the strain of it or something. I don't yeah, know. it's not meant for mortal ears. It was a neat scene. Yeah. Because they established the gold leaf falling from the ceiling. I forgot to mention it, but they established that earlier in the movie. So that's there's just gold raining down around cascading down on this this creature. And uh so Sophia's makes her request and she instead of asking for vengeance, she says, I want to my, I want to forgive. I want to be able to forgive. Yeah, she wants the power to forgive. And uh, so she kind of does a 180 on what her original intention was. <laughs> Say what, Pip? A very important lie. Now she's lying to God. An <laughs> angel or something. Uh, so you see kind of these flash back and forth scenes of, uh, I, I'm assuming it's Joseph's body she has wrapped up that she's kind of letting go into the this murky pond but you know we flash back and the angel smiles and blinks and we i obviously she's been granted the power of forgiveness because it twitches his nose like yeah. <laughs> and uh yeah so we we flash to her in her car and it cranks up and she pretty much drives away from the madness of the house after the ritual and she's, I guess, a different person, and that's how it she is. She seems, yeah, she seems oddly placid and at peace. 
I mean, it was just poor Joseph's dead in a swamp. His body just sinks to the bottom of the swamp near her property. She's going to have some splaining to do when it comes to that. I'm sure that his phone records have her in there on some level. Uh, Remember, she paid a lot of money for that privacy, so uh, (laughs) she's not going to be able to go back to the house ever. She's probably moved to the U.S. or something. But. Somewhere in, in London, there's a realtor uh, counting his checks going, oh, I think I just sold a house to a murderer. <laughs> uh, which countries have expedition treaty treaties with them? I don't know. I know nothing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, so that was um, a dark song. Is hands down the most, uh, the, probably the best movie that we've reviewed so far. I don't know that it's my favorite, but it's the best one. Yeah, very well made. I I wouldn't say it's a exactly a low budget film, but you know, I I know they probably had a tight one just because there's only two characters pretty much in the whole story, and it takes place at one location. But yeah, there's two characters in one set, and they yeah you and and when they do go to London, there's not a whole lot of establishing shots. You can tell that they wanted to get back to the house as quickly as possible. Yeah, uh, I yeah, like I said at the top of this, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the the movie, and I I may actually just watch it again because I I do like some of the intricacies as far as the rituals. And I would like to get a better sense of um, how she actually turned that 180. Was it, you know, because of Joseph? Was it, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know where that realization came that she wanted to the power for, yeah. to forgive. So maybe, you know, I wondered the same thing. I wonder if that was her, her uh, part of her journey was to just come to that realization or if she knew that from the outset, maybe she wasn't lying as much as she was just coming to her own truth. There's, there's a lot to this. Yeah. Like we, like we mentioned, like the, um, like all the Gnosticism and Kabbalah and all that stuff. It's, uh, you know, like it, it's, it has its roots. I don't know a ton about that stuff, but no. it, it's, it seems like that they did their homework. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of love went into this film. You could, you could tell it. So I, I think this is a very good entry into the A's of, That's our, right. of our adventure here. And A is for a dark song so far. A for a dark song. Uh, what do we have coming up next? Next one in the A category is Aftershock. It's an earthquake movie, which, you know, I don't know if it's mislabeled. It, you, I kind of put disaster movies in a different category as horror, but allegedly it's a horror. We're going to watch it. So. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I think I saw the, <laughs> not the preview for it, but I think I've seen these the splash page or the, the thumbnail for it. Yeah, I'm sure it's come across my uh, Netflix feed at some point. I haven't watched a trailer for it yet, but I think it takes place in Chile. It's Chile. Chile. Okay. Well, Chile. <laughs> Chile. <laughs> okay, well, I guess that is it for another episode of Cinematic Suffering. Thank you That's all. Right. Thank you all for joining us on yet another week. Eight weeks. Eight weeks. It doesn't even feel like eight weeks. No, nah, it's gone by gone by quick. Yeah. And uh so uh thank you again and uh we will catch you. On the flip side, on the flippity flip, as the kids say these days. That's right. That's exactly what those chillins are saying. That means next week, I think. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks, everyone, and we'll talk to you later. Later. Bye. Hey, guys. Just a few plugs and shout-outs before we end this episode. Clay is an extremely talented and twisted comic artist, and you should visit his pride and joy, hboys.com. That's H-B-O-Y-Z.com. If you're a fan of death and black metal... Check out Jason's band Gravehill on all social media platforms, as well as his doom metal project, Stygian Crown. Music was provided by Face X Hugger. 
Check out FaceXHugger on Bandcamp and Twitter for more synthwave horror-themed music. Questions, comments, and hate mail should be directed to our Twitter account at Cinematic Suffer. Thanks for listening.